When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. As always, I'm Brendan. I'm Taylor. And Taylor, the Sabres are simply put, unstoppable. After an 8-3 to romping of the Red Wings on Monday in which Tage Thompson had a hat-trick en route to a six-point night, the Sabres again laid the beat down on the Pittsburgh Penguins in a 6-3 to victory on Thursday. Victor Olofsson had two goals in the game. Tage scored yet again and added an assist, and Darlene had two assists in the game. Tage and Darlene are both up to 14 points in 10 games. The top six as a whole is firing on all cylinders, as Skinner and Tuck both have 10 points in 10 games, and Victor Olofsson is up to eight goals in 10 games. The Sabres now sit at 7-3, and three. and Taylor, I am just loving how much fun this team is right now. I I think it's, we could probably both agree it's unsustainable, the, you know, letting up three, four goals a game here and there, but they are so much fun. They are such a high event team and they're putting the puck in the back of the net. And ultimately that's what you really want to see. There's, there's still question marks in goal. Like there was coming into this year. We knew there, there was going to be, and that the chances of between Comrie and Anderson, somebody really just stealing the show and running away with it was, was not really as likely. And what this year is so much more is about is just, again, continuing the growth of the guys we had saw last year while we're hoping for other players, younger guys, to take the next step in their careers as well. And in this early goings of the season, we are really seeing that here. So your thoughts on these two wins? Well, I would actually say, I know we already talked about this game, but it even goes back to the second and third period on Saturday against the Blackhawks because the Sabres have had just relentless offensive pressure basically the entire time. The first period last night, notwithstanding, obviously, but they just offensively have been such a force. And yeah, obviously I think they scored four goals in the last two periods in overtime against Chicago. So that's 18 goals in less than three games. Very sustainable numbers. Yeah. it's I, So obviously it's not, but it's, it's what they're doing is sustainable in that they're taking a ton of shots and that they're forechecking relentlessly and that the top line is really hard for other teams to deal with. I think because you're seeing, you're seeing it also, I mentioned the top line. That's great. You're seeing other guys uh, get involved too. It's not just the top line and you're doing this without a particularly good power play either. So yeah, you, you have Tage and, and Skinner have looked awesome. Tuck has looked good. And now those guys aren't really playing together. So Tuck has been awesome. Paterka's looked pretty good. 
you've seen guys throughout the lineup uh, contribute offensively. And really, there's not really been a line where it's like, oh, these guys bogged down in the defensive zone again. And obviously, Darlene is uh, maybe the most important offensive player. Although, this little stretch here, I believe that's Brendan, 11 points in three games for Tage. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous numbers. That's pretty wild. He is just completely turned it on these past few games here after we had both talked about he looked it was a little bit of a slow start to begin the year in those first couple of games and then you gradually see him start to put it together and really start to just again like it just the confidence that he plays with and just again like and it's more than just when he has the puck on a stick I mean it's it's off the puck like especially in the offensive zone too like he's just finding the right areas and he's finding places to get open and just unleash the that howitzer of a shot of his and one thing I want to bring up to your point too with them handling the top line this also throws into the mix and I don't think we talked about this last episode because it hadn't happened yet but Kyle Pozo got bumped up and was playing with right. Tate, as a matter of fact and that had some pretty incredible trickle down effects on the rest of the lineup with moving him up there so your thoughts on how Pozo kind of comes into the mix and again the I guess the greater idea of this forward depth that they have this year that's allowing them to get these different looks and is allowing them to unlock different guys with certain players. Yeah. Moving Oposo seemed to be a really smart move, not just because of how it made the top line look, but also it unlocks Tuck allows him to go play with the younger guys and him to play down the lineup, which as we've, we've talked about spreading, you know, spreading the wealth as far as your talent goes, you don't necessarily want your best three guys, but there, there wasn't an easy solution. I wouldn't say when we talked about lines, so I, I don't know if I would have thought about the Oposo going to the top line thing, but it's really worked out nicely, and he's looked really good as well. Absolutely. And, and honestly, the the offense in general has just been – it's to the point where I, I don't know the last time the Sabres like, looked like this offensively. They had the only team with multiple seven goal scorers, and they have three of them. And Dalene very nearly made that four last night. Mm-hmm. It's Yeah, it's been pretty wild. And this last three games has been interesting because it's like, okay, Chicago – they were supposed to be bad. They haven't been terrible so far, but they probably will be. Detroit supposed to be a fringe playoff team. Beat them too. Beat them, you know, beat the brakes off them. And Pittsburgh supposed to be a real playoff team and beat them. So, you know, you could easily say, look at those three goalies they played, and I would agree. But it's not like the Sabres to actually be taking advantage of playing mediocre to bad goalies. Like, we've had a whole decade of being like, oh, my God. Did we really just get shut down by, I don't know, like VTech Vanacek again? Did that happen? Like a million of those guys where it's like, oh, we lost 3-1 to Ottawa's backup goalie. Shit. Like, so it's, it's cool. Like, yeah, this is what you should be doing. Not just should be. This is even more impressive that you've you dropped 18 goals like that on, on these goalies. Like, they still are NHL goalies. So yeah. that's good. And you know what's been impressive about the last three games? Sabres goaltending hasn't even been good. No, they're still winning. Well, and I think in addition to that, too, and it goes hand in hand, especially against the Penguins there, you were down two nothing and then three to one and they still were able to battle back. And again, I think it speaks to, as you were saying, the tenacity in which they're playing with, especially when it comes to just offensive zone pressure, the four check. I mean, it's it's relentless and it's it's becoming a bit too much for other teams. And, you know, again, it just is going to come down to Granado's ability to just keep that sustained within the guys, you know, and 
you're really seeing it translate like his style of play and what he wants to do. You know, we talked about previously, like when the going gets tough with him, that it kind of seems like sometimes he maybe takes his foot off the gas a little bit, or he changes it up a little with his philosophy. And that really, I don't feel like has been the case when they've had a lead in these past few games. I mean, they are just, it's unbelievable to see what they're doing. And And it goes back to a comment. I think also I made like maybe like three episodes ago where I had said that, just the way that the Sabres are able to sustain offensive zone pressure and cycle the puck, it's really reminiscent of watching Western Conference playoff hockey, just in the speed that they're doing it with. And again, just how clean a lot of like the cycling is and they're winning battles and and just their transition play has been really solid as well. I mean, it's really coming from all facets, aside from obviously, as you had mentioned before, goaltending, you know, not being pristine, I would say you know, they're making up for it in, in pretty much every other area of the ice. And they're also doing it with a depleted blue line as well, which is incredibly encouraging to see. And speaking of the blue line, somebody who I wanted to bring up, who we got to give a shout out to after an unbelievable assist on Victor Olofsson's first goal yesterday is Owen Power. I'm oh, sure yeah. everybody who had watched the game, well, anybody who was, whether you watched the game or you saw it on Twitter, whatever, his insane assist that he had where he's getting ready to wind up and just pulls off this incredible fake shot and just perfectly gets it over to Olofsson as he hesitates at the last minute, and Olofsson just fires the one-timer in a wide-open net. Power, again, it's it's more of what we've been seeing from him. It's an extension of last year. You know, there was obviously some just early struggles with everybody, really, with starting the year off. I know, obviously, they won against Ottawa, but you could kind of tell when – just again, like guys need to get their footing under them a little bit, whether it's a conditioning thing or, or what have you. But power is, is again, just helping you in all facets of the ice. You're seeing him progress. It feels like he just continues to get better. And even though there may be some rookie blunders here and there, there's just so many times throughout each and every game where you're just seeing him make plays where it's like, this looks like an eight year vet making these plays, not a, not a kid. So great to see from him Uh, again. I mean, he has, you know, five assists in 10 games. Obviously his impact goes far beyond what what's on the score sheet. And again, I mean, it's, it's, it's great being able to see in the way that he is just continuing to progress in the early goings of this year. And it makes me feel very hopeful for the fact that even though we're dealing with these injuries on the blue line, that for the foreseeable future, many, many years to come that, they can't do it alone, but the fact that we're going to have these two anchors and Darlene and power on the blue line, just holding it down. It, it gives me a lot of hope for what this team is going to be able to do and how they're going to be able to, to work through injuries because you look at other teams like Pittsburgh is a great example, considering we just played them and we've talked about them a, a ton over the past few years, just in the fact that they have been able to just have the sustained success that they've had pretty much as a result of having Crosby, Malkin, and Latang. But what's interesting about them, though, is that when one of those guys goes down, it is glaringly obvious that they are sorely, sorely missing them. And I think that's especially been the case with Latang, as he's had a, a good amount of injury issues and just what it does to their blue line between having him and not having him. And we had talked about with Samuelson last game that, uh, or, well, last episode, I should say, just that you don't really realize the full value of a guy until you don't have them in their lineup. And 
what the Sabres have to their benefit to kind of bring this all together is you look at a team like Pittsburgh where they lose the tang and everything goes to shit for them. But with the Sabres, you lose Samuelson, who's probably your third best defenseman, and you still have these two high-end quality guys there. And obviously, knock on wood, I hope we never come across the day where we lose either one of them to injury. But sometimes that's inevitable. And it gives me a lot of comfort knowing that we're at a point now that you're still going to have one of those kind of cornerstone pillar guys there on the blue line, even if the going does get tough. And for whatever reason, somebody goes down. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, uh, definitely. Pittsburgh, uh, that's honestly a good example because they, when those three guys have been together and healthy, like they're as dangerous as anyone, but yeah, Latang is, it's a good example. Like they won the Stanley cup in 2017 anyway, even without Latang, mm-hmm. but God, did that feel fortunate in a lot of ways? Oh my God. Yeah. So yeah, that's a, it's a good point to, to they'll, no matter what, they'll have one of those guys. It's a really cool thing to, to be able to fall back on. I also uh, wanted to, to point out Paterka mm-hmm. continuing to look good and continuing to produce points. Uh I wasn't expecting him to potentially get not not that he's going to win the Calder, but I wasn't going into the season being like, oh, he could be top ten in Calder voting. Well, like, he could be the way he's playing right now. Yeah, no, he he absolutely can. I mean, it's and again with him, it, it, it extends to just it's it, it's it's in both zones. It's in all three zones. You know, in transition, he looks great in the offensive zone. He obviously has been looking good and has been producing. He's, I think, he's tied for third right now in rookie scoring. Let me double check that. Yes, he is. Uh, so it's really been honestly, nothing short of a revelation for how good he's been. I was expecting him to struggle a bit more than he has. I mean, again, with just making that full-time jump to being an NHL player. And I think that given how the forward group was, was shaking out and looking, going into camp, it was, there was questions of whether he was actually going to have a real shot at making the team. And it just goes to show he earned his spot in the lineup. He has not been pulled out and, and rightfully so. And I mean, what more can you say about the guy? Like, I, I'm just so excited to continue to see how well he's going to play. And at the same time, his fellow rookie forward, Jack Quinn is continuing to just get better and better with each game. It seems like too. And is really now the production's starting to come for him too. Yeah, no, definitely. I think Quinn's looked a little bit more confident these past few games, which is good. I mean, he's he's getting some uh, some games under his belt. He's still really new to all this, so I think you generally, you no matter how talented a rookie is, you would expect them to look more like how Quinn has looked than Paterka. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy with him. I guess if there's anyone to not be as thrilled about, it'd be like Krebs. But let's be let's be positive today with how many goals they've scored recently and how fun exactly. it's exactly. And I'll also say too. We've talked a lot about how Asplund has it been able to elevate Olafson. I'm thinking more and more now about how Asplund can elevate Krebs. That's a good point. I think Olafson is someone we should shout out too, by the way. Eight goals in ten games. Yeah. I know get uh, this man traded. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I heard a compelling argument for him not to be traded, and it's that he has the best goal song. And almost all his goals have come at home. And it's like, you know what? I do want to hear that song a good amount. So, okay. What if we have Asplund then can, can take the ABBA song. But Aspen doesn't score that much. Yeah, that's fair. 
but I'm just trying to think of fellow Swedes. I mean, Darlene, I like his. This is this is how we do it. So I feel like that's a that's a pretty good one. Hmm. Uh, I would if it was a, if it came down to it, I would just trade songs. I would give that to Darlene. Yeah, he scores a decent can, amount. Maybe we can look into that. Well, here's the thing. I think. Well, I've heard this is just a rumor, not confirmed. Uh, for those who don't like soccer, uh, there's a Tottenham Hotspur player named Dehan Kulachevsky. Uh, and in soccer, fans, supporters groups sing songs about players. And a lot of times they're just popular songs with the, the words switched out. So his song, the Spurs fans sing, is Gimme, Gimme, Gimme. But it's like Gimme, 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 a ginger from Sweden. And pe- I've heard that he is friends with Olofsson. And Olafson picked this song because of him. Oh, no way. Yeah. I'm oh, only that's really cool. Yeah, no, no, no confirmation, but maybe. Well, Olsen also worth noting, his eight goals are tied for third in the NHL. Behind third, Paul really? McDavid, and as we all expected, second in goals this year, Eric Carlson. No shit. Eric Carlson, really. Nine goals, man. Eric Carlson is on a tear right now. Wow, maybe he's back. He very well could be. 15 points. Bad news, though. He's back on a team that's about as talented as the, the well, last team he left. And a few people, I know Kevin uh, and Trider had brought it up. Uh, there's a couple of other people, too, and it's mistaking me who else has said this. But, God, would he not be so perfect for this Sabres team if his contract wasn't absolutely atrocious? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You can't even trade the guy. Would you take him at fifty percent retained? Would you do it? Oh and yeah, included. Well, then they would probably even include an asset in there too. I bet. Yeah, I wonder what the it's asset would be if they retaining fifty percent. Because what's he make? Eleven million. Yeah. So they're going to retain five and a half million for what? Seven more years? Six more years? No, I don't think it's that many. Oh, okay, good. Let me. See well, you know what? Actually, has been a few years now. Maybe it's only like four years. Let's see what Cap Friendly has to say. Uh, oh boy, it's worse than you mentioned there, Taylor. It's actually it's eleven point five, and it is through the 2026-2027 season. So after this year, you would have him on the books for four more years. For half, I would do it for half. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I would. He's had a ton of injury issues to the point not just that he's been out, which is bad enough. But when he like two years ago, for example, he was playing hurt and it kind of seemed like he was playing as a, a permanent new version of himself. Yeah. Which is worse. He's looked way better now, which is encouraging, but foot injuries are no joke in hockey. No, especially <laughs> he's, for somebody who's has skating is so integral to his game. Yeah, and it's on the wrong side of 30. I would do it for half if the sharks are I mean, in. Because the sharks do have to like true. for a bad team, they are really close to the cap ceiling. I know the cap's going up, but they owe a ton of money, like, and no one is doing half for Vlasic. Right. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, you can either pay him, have the 11.5 on the books for the next, what was it, four years, five years, including this year, or you could have five and a half or 5.75, whatever it is. It would be, yeah, 5.75. I mean, that's a, that's, that's pretty good. Like, that's, getting that money off the books would be helpful for a team that's completely rebuilding and having to start over in the way that they are. Yeah. Cause I mean, they're also paying hurdle. They're paying coacher, right? Yep. Paying a couple guys. They're going to have to pay Meyer too, right? Yeah. I mean, theoretically that's the guy you want to hold on to. Yeah. He's probably the guy they want to hold on to if we're being 
honest about it. So that, yeah, and wait, who, didn't they just also? Uh, who did they just draft? They draft Eklund. Yeah. So that eventually, I mean, eventually, it's pretty soon they're gonna have to pay him. Yep. At least a bridge deal. Yeah, I, I mean, he hasn't fully stuck. I don't think quite yet, but. Yeah, but that comes up quick, though. Oh, yeah, it certainly does. It should be interesting to see how Greer is going to be able to handle that. Yeah. All right, so before we get to uh, anything else, uh, let's hear a word from our sponsors here at DraftKings. Uh, Hold on a second. It's loading. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 in any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. So something I would be kind of interested in is like putting early odds on who's going to win some of the major awards. And honestly, if you wanted to get a, a like a decent, like, I don't know, not long shot bet, but something that yeah, the opposite of a long shot bet. If you want to make like what's more of an investment than a bet, why don't you just put the Connor McDavid for Art Ross right now? Barring injury, he's going to win the Art Ross. That's like his award when he's not hurt. And why would he get hurt? He's he's been I mean, he's been hurt a couple times, but why would he get hurt this year? So that's something I would honestly think of. It's a really boring bet, but like you make a bunch of interesting long shot bets. Why not make something that's kind of more of like a, here, here I got this money in my back pocket. Do it now because the odds are only going to get worse as the season goes on. Anyway, if that wasn't enough excitement. You can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details and responsible gambling resources. So another thing I wanted to uh, bring up. Go ahead. You also left out the thing that people should be betting on, that the Buffalo Sabres are never going to lose a hockey game ever again. Oh, we'll get to that next show. Okay, fair. (laughs) Um, So now that the Sabres have beaten Detroit, not just beaten Detroit, embarrassed the Red Wings, uh, we're about one-eighth of the way through the season. Uh, Do you consider the Sabres like ahead of Detroit now? Because I would say a lot of people would point out the Sabres have been fairly fortunate if you look at uh, some some advanced stats and whatnot, which is true. Here's the thing, though. Underlying numbers, Detroit has been bad. Not just Natalie Jokic. Yeah. It's not just goaltending. They have been not good overall. I, I don't know what the real cause of that is, roster-wise, because it feels like they're worse than last year when they should be better. They added some veterans, but would you consider us uh, ahead of them? I mean... I would say just based on the results of what we've seen so far. Yeah, sure. You could say that, but I also think it's important to keep in mind that it is so early on in the season right now. And yes, we did just kick their ass, but in the grand scheme of things, and and obviously you have to take into account everything from like the underlying numbers too. And, but then at the other side of that coin is sample size because it has only been 10 games, nine games in Detroit's case, you know, and we're only four points ahead of them right now. And so it's very early still. And I think that is really the big thing that I'm just trying to hang on to, I guess, is just the fact that it is so early and things can change so much. Like we are barely even in November right now. Like we don't know what the season's going to look like come December, come February. 
So there's a lot of hockey to be played still. And even though this isn't like the, the sexy, exciting lean into all of the, the good answer, I just don't know if I'm ready to quite say that just because of the fact, again, we, we just need to see how sustained this is going to be like, Obviously, these past two games were great, and they're scoring at a ridiculous rate right now. But we all know that it's unsustainable, too, at the same time. And there's going to be some some lulls in the season. There's going to be some points when things are going to look a little bit ugly. And I think in large part also, just like goaltending is a big question with that for the Sabres case. It's also a big question for Detroit, for that matter, too. So I don't know. I think there are two teams that are in somewhat similar spots in that they have a fairly established core nucleus of of youth within their respective teams. And, you know, they have it filled out with some halfway decent secondary scoring as well. I think that there are certain areas that maybe Detroit has a hand on the Sabres and there are certain areas that the Sabres have a hand on Detroit. So, I mean, I would say for, again, like where we're at right now and just how things have looked through 10 games – yeah, we could say that, but in the in the bigger picture, I think I want to wait until we maybe probably cross the new year mark for us to to make that determination. But what do you think? I just say right now, absolutely. Yeah, I I think it, like it is early, obviously, but they to load up the way they did with a bunch of guys like the David Perrins of the world to try to be competitive this year, and then immediately come out the gate. Not yeah. only are they, yeah, like yeah, cop as well. Not only are they not winning. Like their underlings are bad. Their goaltending yeah. is bad. They've just got their ass kicked by us, a team that they should be competitive with. Like if you wanted to point to underlings and be like, maybe this team is better than you think, you'd, you'd look at Ottawa. And maybe we're on par with Ottawa. We're All three of these teams are supposed to be on par going into the season. And I think a lot of people would say based on the offseason that they'd pass the Sabres, at least for the time being. But man, I don't, I don't, I don't know with Detroit. Maybe they're just bad. I mean, their young guys should be carrying them a little bit more mm-hmm. anyway it's so really still though i mean i agree like it, you can't ignore both like the on ice and the underlings and while i don't think it's necessarily like i think judging by their record they're playing above some of the like those numbers you're talking about and i think goaltending also plays into that as well with just like the inconsistency there but i don't know it's just so early still we are like what like three days into November now there, there's just so much hockey left and you don't know what's going to happen and who's going to start to tick and who's going to start to really take off there but again though at the same time the same could be said for the Sabres like if this is how they're going to keep playing and they're going to be able to continue scoring like this and having the depth scoring that they're currently seeing right now too it's not a matter of Detroit writing the ship and getting things better that that won't make a difference if the Sabres are just taking a bigger step than than we thought they were going to yeah definitely so another thing I wanted to bring up because it's been kind of a topic on Twitter is attendance uh, uh attendance for both of these really fun games which are both home games pretty low uh before you well before I get to the main point on that I would like to say that Monday NHL's fault Bad scheduling. A Monday Halloween game. Not only a Monday Halloween game, a Monday Halloween the game the day after the Bills were on Sunday Night Football at home. Yeah. It's just 
bad scheduling. I know you don't want, I mean, the, the NFL schedule does come out first. So I think in general, after a Bill's home night game, there shouldn't be a, an NHL game the next night in Buffalo, Crazy. if you can help it. I would avoid, if I were the NHL, all Halloween, all Halloween weekday, week night games, I should say. I yeah. wouldn't do it. It, it's there's too much like that's detracting from it. It's not even just like, I mean, on Monday there won't be parties or whatever, but there's, you know, there's kids trick or treating that turns out to be a pretty popular thing. People hand out candy. That's a big thing. Uh, and then on top of that, you have people are like, oh, it's Halloween. Uh, maybe we go here. Maybe there's a movie playing, or maybe I'm watching a movie at home, or, or there's a party. Maybe like it's just bad for viewing at home. And it's terrible for attendance. Like clearly, right. I, I don't know why they do that. Halloween Eve seems like a really fun idea, especially if it's on the weekend. You know, Friday, Saturday, not even Sunday, people can dress up. But not a good idea doing this on on a Monday night. So that's that's beside the point. The larger point is Wednesday also is not well attended. Home games have not been well attended for a while now, and there's some pressure out there. It seems on Twitter like this team's different. You guys got to get out there and uh, support them and. I think I'm not worried. One person asked on Twitter last night, are you worried about when, when do you get worried about attendance? The easy answer is never nothing to do with me. So I'm never really going to be worried about it. The better answer would be, I'm not worried at all because I know if we cross over and do a new year and the Sabres are still playing really well and they're still playing exciting hockey and they're still doing well standings wise, people will come. And Absolutely. if they, if they make the playoffs this year, if that happens, which would be incredible, no doubt. I mean, the, the whatever, however many playoff games we hear, including the lead up to the playoffs will be sold out. Definitely. But what you're looking at is right now is that you lost a lot of season ticket holders uh, when, when well, you were losing them for years and bleeding them. But then it really came to a head around the time of COVID with all the bad stuff that happened and starting a new rebuild, haven't made the playoffs in forever, all this stuff. You lost all these season ticket holders. So games like, well, forget it. Games like Monday, that's that was always going to be a bad attendance night. But games like last night, a weeknight game, a lot of Monday games, like a lot of games like Ottawa's here on a Tuesday, a lot of these games that are boring and don't matter and aren't exciting to go to, they're populated by season ticket holders because it's people like your family's had season tickets for a while. Well, we have the tickets. We paid for them. We better go. Like it's an obligation. I don't think there's a lot of people being like, man, you know what game I want to go to this Tuesday game for the Sabres. And that's before you get to the point that the Sabres do have to do a little bit to earn fans back first on the ice to have to sustain this. You have to sustain what they're doing right now. Second, and this is more important to me as we head into what's hopefully a fruitful era to the Pagulas. You have to do some upgrades to the arena. Have to seats, bathrooms, Maybe some new beer amenities, choices, food choices, sure. amenities, things to do. Uh, maybe some redesigning, things like that. The, maybe making uh, the draft beer not taste like shit. Or like <laughs> the 300s just be a more pleasant place to be. Like, yeah, it's super fun yeah. and easy to get food in the 100s. What about some interesting places up there? I think there's a lot to be done in that regard as well. Uh, social media and game day presentation have improved so much over the past couple of years. I don't really have anything to say about that anymore. Yeah. But there's still some improvements to be made, and it's putting money into that arena. You don't even have to do a major renovation. I mean, it's 19,070 seats, Brendan. What could it cost? $15? Right, exactly. No, but you, you make a wonderful Arrested Development uh, reference aside. <laughs> you make a great point, though, that I'm 
totally not worried about it because again, it's it's like if you build it, they will come. If if they continue to win and they continue to play this brand of hockey and they're showing that they're just like even at like a baseline, like we'll call it like consistently watchable, people are gonna show up because people do want to be excited about the Sabres again. Like I think a lot of people among you know our circles on Twitter and everything like that will say like, yeah, it is different this time than before. And like, it feels like they actually are turning a corner and that's great. But like even a couple of years ago, the 10 game winning streak, I was at the San Jose game when they won an overtime, when Skinner had the game winning goal. And it sounded like a playoff atmosphere when he scored that game. And I bring that up just to say that like, if you give people a reason to watch and give them something to watch and, and make them want to show up, then they're going to, you just have to have the product on the ice. And I think that it's unrealistic for Sabres fans to, I don't know, be angry about this when we're, (laughs) when we're just so far into this playoff drought right now. One of the worst runs in NHL history yeah, these past 12 years, like it has been horrible, absolutely horrible. And and of course, yeah, there have been some some positives there. Uh, you know, I even from an attendance perspective, like a few years ago, still you were still getting 17,000 plus in there on a weeknight. And now it's just gotten to the point, though, where you just you literally hit rock bottom with this team. I, I think around the time of of Adams getting hired people were just like done the the way that they handled the pandemic and how they treated the workers. People were done. I mean, I know that for a fact because that's why my father and I decided my dad and I decided to give up on our season tickets because of it, you know, it, and it takes time to build that trust pack. It takes time to build that sense of interest back, I guess, among the fan base. And so it's going to come in time. It's like you said, I think once we cross the new year, if they're still playing like this, this is not going to be something that we're going to have to worry about. And if they're playing interesting games, we'll say in like March, say if they're still in the picture in March and they're playing above probably what they actually are, but they're still hanging around and maybe they're like six points out of a playoff spot. You're going to try and tell me that that stadium isn't going to be almost packed every single night. If that's the case, if it's down the home stretch like that, and there's 15 games to go and you're four or six points back or even like eight points back, people sure as hell are going to show up for that. I have no doubt in my mind about it. You just got to prove that you're going to be interesting and you're going to be interesting and give people a reason to get all the way back in. Cause I think that's the thing is that with how bad things have been, people have just completely divested themselves from the Sabres and in a lot of people's minds, they're not going to come back until they feel like it's actually worth it. And you can make a comment about, you know, fair weather fans or whatever, but it's just the reality of being a sports fan. There's going to be way more casual fans than there are the diehards and that's the key to unlocking all of this is just engaging all of those more casual fans and getting them into the mix so that they're kind of taking a step up from just being casual. Definitely. I mean, and it's, it's not just a time investment. It is a lot of money to go to an NHL yeah, game sure. these days, even in Buffalo, if you want to get one beer or, Oh, I haven't been to a game in 10 years. Maybe I should get some memorabilia of some kind, yep. Like that's a lot of money. Like, so it's not just something people can do easily. That's, which is why I, I really think the season tickets are, are what's going to bring people back eventually. 
100%. And who knows how long that'll take. Maybe probably just a couple of years, I imagine, until at least it's normal attendance. It could be better even next year for all we know. Who knows? It'll, it'll be better, no doubt. It'll yeah. be better this year than it was last year. I have no doubt about that. 100%. 100%. All right, everybody. Well, I think that does it for another episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both of the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites, whatever streaming platform you're currently using to listen to this episode. Check out all of our fellow shows across both networks. And while you're there, also make sure you leave us a nice little review, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be. We'd very, very much appreciate a review and your subscription or following of this podcast. Also, make sure you're following us on social media, Straight Up Sabres on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And last but not least, make sure you're using that promo code THPN at checkout. Speaking of sponsors, we also have a very exciting announcement coming on Monday. So make sure you're tuning in for that episode as we'll be sharing a new sponsor that we're bringing on board. But in the meantime, everybody have a great rest of your day and a great weekend. This has been Straight Up Sabres. <laughs>